Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to this special five-part podcast series on ethics and compliance monitoring across the EU and beyond. This podcast series is sponsored by Affiliated Monitors. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors is the company which provides professional independent integrity monitoring and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally across almost all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in over 700 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance program, visit our sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. Over the course of this five-part podcast series, we'll take a look at several different topics. They include the global view of ethics and compliance programs from Affiliated Monitors' vantage point, enforcement or weak or non-existence ethics and compliance programs outside the United States, what Affiliated Monitors is seeing around ethics and compliance programs in Spain, how companies are struggling with different types of enforcement, and then the difference in reactive and proactive monitorships in the international context. It's a fascinating exploration. I know you will enjoy it. Thank you for listening. This special five-part podcast series on ethics and compliance monitoring across the EU and beyond is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. Episode four, Enforcement Struggles Internationally. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode. Today, I have back with me Vin DeCiani. Vin is the CEO and founder of Affiliated Monitors. We're taking a look at some of the issues around international ethics and compliance cultures. And today, we're going to take a look at some of the struggles for enforcement agencies by countries. So, Vin, with that uh, introduction, first of all, thank you for taking the time to visit with me today, and welcome. Thanks, Tom. Vin, um, one of the things, obviously, Affiliated Monitors is most interested in is independent monitoring, and I've had the privilege to visit with you and a, a wide number of your team members about that specific topic over this year, but I'd ask you now to maybe change it over or change your focus to the international arena. We've had a few companies in the international arena that have accepted monitors and have used monitors. I think Siemens, Volkswagen, perhaps some other German companies. Uh, but I was wondering if you might give some thoughts about what you're seeing in the marketplace as independent monitoring as a concept outside of the United States. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting, I think, development. Um, you know, I have been visiting um, with a lot of European companies, uh, of countries rather, and I know my colleagues uh, have been dealing with uh, South America and the Far East and the Middle East. And, you know, monitoring um, is sort of a very foreign concept other than those few sort of matters um, that you have uh, identified. Um, so when we when we started as a company, you know, uh, 15 years ago, we were in the same boat in the U.S. You know, monitoring was really just used uh, very infrequently by the Department of Justice. Uh, we happened to be on one of the early uh, plea agreements where a monitor was used involving a money laundering matter. 
but it was infrequent. You know, over the course then of the 15 years, as we have seen, monitoring has expanded greatly to not only criminal matters, but, uh, you know, administrative matters and, and civil cases and that kind of thing. That's all foreign in, 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 in Europe and in the rest of the world, other than the few matters that, that, that you mentioned. And so, um, you know, I think of myself sort of, uh, somebody described me as a missionary, right? I go out and I talk about independent monitoring and how it could be an effective resource for government agencies, just as, as it has been in the U.S. You know, and so, you know, conceptually they're getting it, but it's a mindset and it's a change that I don't know that they're quite ready for yet. And I'll tell you one of the impediments that we've seen um, and it's in conversations that I've had with folks in the UK and in, in other jurisdictions, is there's a sort of a different model in terms of the criminal justice process in, um, in uh, sort of the European countries, again, that I've been dealing most frequently with, and then the U.S. So in the U.S., for years, we've you know, used this model of a plea agreement or something similar in an administrative or a civil case where you enter into a settlement, and that settlement could include sort of an, uh, an ethics expert or an independent or an integrity monitor as part of the process to remediate um, a company or an individual, right? That's foreign uh, in 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 the countries I've mentioned. What I'm seeing there is some sort of social reluctance to embrace um, plea agreements and or settlements as a way of sort of you know sort of folding um, by the government um, and um, not moving towards a sort of the truth um, in whether or not, uh, you know, a criminal uh, activity had occurred and then proving it, you know. So it, it just seems to me that the focus there is more, and I guess it's just their, their nature in terms of the criminal justice system, is to find the truth of a matter as opposed to reaching a resolution where there can be remediation. So it's been, you know, it's been a, it's been an interesting education for me. I'm just, I think they're going to get there, but I'm not quite sure that they're there yet. Ben, one of the things that uh, I have really come to understand about the truly independent integrity monitoring is it brings a sense of institutional justice and institutional fairness into the workplace. And with the now increase uh, scrutiny around corporate culture and whether a company is basically fair to its employees. Is that a message that resonates uh, outside of the United States, in Europe, or any of the places that uh, affiliated monitors is, is looking at? It's getting there. And, and, you, and you mentioned a couple of cases like the Volkswagen case or Wells Fargo, things where culture has been sort of the, the driver, if you will, of the behavior. So I think that they, there's a fuller understanding you know, that it's not just going to be the, 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 the acts of one or two, you know, bad apples, but that sometimes it's, uh, it's deeper and it is cultural. And so, you know, this idea of remediation um, with an independent coming in and helping sort of assess the culture and strengthen the culture, assess the, the strength of a compliance and ethics program and controls, and then you sort of um, mentor, you know, improvements. I, that's definitely taking uh, taking hold, and and I can it, that is it's in the discussions that I'm having. There's there's a real interest, 
you know, um, to, to move in that direction. The difficulty, as I was describing a little bit earlier, is this um, and it's not a reluctance. It's just they're not there yet. Um, and that is basically outsourcing enforcement to an independent, right? Uh, because that's what a monitor is. I mean, at the end of the day, we are the, the you know, looking at whether or not the, the program is strong, the culture is strong, and what have you. Um, I think that some government agencies think that that's their role, and they're not ready, ready and, and willing to outsource that. Then how do you deal with the question of whether a company outside of the United States, a non-U.S. company, should retain a local monitor or a U.S. monitor? Is it seen as American imperialism or, oh, it's just the Department of Justice putting their thumb in us, uh, in, in, inside of us yet one more time? Or is there a, um, a recognition that uh, U.S. independent integrity monitors really uh, have been leading the way in this for many years, so it's it's a much more mature uh, service from the United States. Yeah, a, a terrific question and very deep question. And the reason why I say that is, you know, at the end of the day, you know, once these uh, different governments around the world start using monitors, the question becomes, who does the monitoring? You know, and the key to monitoring, as we have talked about um, at length, is the independence of the monitor, right? And so who should be a monitor um, is going to be a factor when you're considering, you know, in these jurisdictions, um, you know, the outsourcing of monitoring. So, you know, it, could it be uh, the accounting firm that has done the accounting of, you know, all of the businesses? Could they be the monitor? I, or is there a problem with, you know, sort of that element? You know, or a law firm, could you pull somebody out of a law firm where there's only two or three law firms that are handling those types of cases um, to be a monitor? Um, so that, I think that that's going to be a factor um, in consideration. The others, and again, this just goes to the fundamentals of an independent monitor, is um, you know, monitoring just doesn't occur in a vacuum. You know, there's in the U.S. Um, a lot of the the matters that we get involved in, the agencies are looking for the experience of the monitor as a monitor, you know, to sort of be a factor in considering whether or not you get appointed as a monitor. And so, when you don't have that kind of experience, um, that could be a sort of a sort of a limiting. Um, factor in making the selection and who, and you know, again, around the world has done this kind of monitoring. In the U.S., obviously, there's lots of monitoring um, uh, opportunities. And so we do have, you know, many more experiences in terms of monitoring. And then the, the last one, you know, in terms of the outsourcing is when we went into Spain and, and as we go into the U.K. and in other jurisdictions, we've been very careful to use um, folks that are local to add to our team as opposed to, you know, just enforcing sort of the American way of doing things. Um, we've been very careful to make sure that we have the right partners and uh, subject matter experts to work with us who have an understanding of, you know, how monitoring occurs, but can be very sensitive to the local cultures, right? And so we are, we are very, you know, uh, attuned to that consideration as well. So it's an interesting question. Well, Vin, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time. I've been visiting with Vin DiCiani today. We've been taking a look at the struggles uh, around enforcement by countries and around independent monitoring in countries outside of the United States. Vin, as always, uh, thank you, and I look forward to continuing the conversation. 
Great. Thank you, Tom. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Ethics and Compliance Monitoring across the EU and beyond, and I hope you'll join us again for another episode. If you'd like more information on Affiliated Monitors, check out their website, www.affiliatedmonitors.com. This podcast has been a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.